It is Monday, October the 5th, 2020. I have had a cold for over a week, so I'm mailing in this episode, which, if you were at all familiar with my previous 38 episodes, you would know that I've been doing that all along. All of this and so much more on episode 39, the Mike Greenwell Rightful winner of the 1988 AL MVP, not that juiced up fucking fraud, Jose Canseco, episode of Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Okay. Oh. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Season 2 of the program. Uh, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. I also appreciate your, uh, your patience and your uh, understanding. So I took a, uh, a needed break. Basically, because if you listen to the program, you know that we uh, moved. So the broadcast palace has shifted addresses. And let me tell you, as I'm, I'm currently doing this portion of the program from uh, the guest room, because the, the basement where I recorded the intro is all kinds of shitty. Um, it is shitty, first and foremost, and it is not conducive to recording audio. If you listen closely to the intro, you'll definitely hear the, the echo in there. And probably the, the spooky spirits of that basement. It's a yellow walled basement, that particular section. There's like fucking balloons painted on the wall or some shit. The people that we bought this house from uh, had no desire to do anything to the property. So for the last five years, nothing's really been done. And so we're kind of walking in and, and fixing shit that probably should have been fixed and should have been dealt with uh, years ago, but they chose not to. So here I am um, leaning over. I've got a couple of boxes, a couple of extra large moving boxes and a, you know, a tack board as a desk. Temporary, hopefully. There are plans to to build out the basement, make that uh, a bit more functional with uh, space for myself. Uh, But that's a long ways off. So until then, I'm going to be fucking slumming it here in the um in the guest bedroom but so i mean a lot to catch up on i mean i'm sure all of you have just been chomping at the bit waiting to hear what i've been doing for the last few weeks well <laughs> let me tell you absolutely nothing 
I sound atrocious, so right from the jump, I apologize. Uh, I cannot shake this fucking cold. Uh, big shout out to listener Jeff, who showed up to my house last week and felt the need to fucking put snot on pretty much everything. Uh, and I got sick quickly, so thank you, Jeff. Um, I said that to him privately, and now I'm shaming him publicly because I cannot fucking shake this nonsense. Um, but yeah, so move went very well for the most part. The movers that we had, and I, I, I posted this on my personal Instagram, but uh, Casey Movers out of Rockland, Massachusetts. If you're looking to move, please use these folks. Uh, the most efficient bunch of people. They had four guys, two trucks, and they were done in six hours. Moved me out, moved us in, in, in six hours. It was fucking unreal. You know, when you see movers and, and you, you know, it was a foreman probably in his 40s. Uh, one dude probably in his late 20s and then two kids probably, you know, 19, 20 years old. But at one point I saw uh, one of the kids with a curio cabinet carrying it out of the house, uh, propped up on his shoulder, basically carrying the fucking curio cabinet with one hand. I'm like, good fucking grief. It's amazing. But these guys are terrific. So big shout out, Casey Movers. That's a certified endorsement. Not that they want that, uh, because it has no weight, really. This is not much of anything, uh, the program. Um, but yeah, certified endorsement for Casey Movers. Now, everything else that's come along with moving, I'm already fucking over it. The unpacking... The packing was, you know, actually packing was fine. I didn't really have too much of an issue with packing. It's the unpacking that I've had an issue with. Because, you know, you don't know where fucking anything is. And I did a I did a, a Danamite? A Danamite. If your name is Dan, and you don't go by Danamite as a nickname, you're missing out. I bequeath that to you, Dan. To all Dans, please, use Danamite. Uh, I did a dynamite job of labeling all of the boxes. Yet, I'm still missing things. I can't find my fucking coffee. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I've had to go for coffee every day because I can't fucking find it. And then today, I couldn't find the uh, Trader Joe's everything but the bagel spice. Can't find it. Don't know where it is. And you, you know, look, if you've moved, you know that this is how this shit goes. You think you have everything kind of square and straightened away. And when you get to the, to the new location, you realize, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm, I did not do a very good job of packing this shit up. So, uh, yeah, real struggle. The, the biggest struggle, and this is going to be uh, a big part of the show on Thursday, because I want to make sure that I articulate all of this properly, succinctly, and effectively. 
we bought some new furniture from Jordan's Furniture. Big shout out. That went perfect. Could not have been better. But we also needed to, to have some painting done. We needed new carpets, new appliances. So, you know, like the suburban morons that we are, we went to Lowe's and put our faith in Lowe's to uh, properly deliver carpet and appliances. Now, the actual carpet install went fine, but everything up to that point, just fucking hot garbage. The uh, appliance delivery, I don't think that I've ever been more frustrated with a company than I was with Lowe's trying to get all of our appliances until I had to deal with Comcast slash Xfinity for our cable and internet. Now, I cannot stand either of these organizations today, but quite frankly, I am baffled at what passes for customer service these days and what passes for proper business ethics. Big funny joke back, you know, with fucking Billy Madison, business ethics. But it's accurate because it's just, it's such an oxymoron, especially now. Thursday's show is going to feature the entire story because I'm just, you know, pissed. And I'm tired of telling it. And I may not even do it, but I'm going to fucking chew these two, two companies out royally. On Thursday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write it out. It's gonna be nice. Gonna be good. Hopefully, I have the fucking time to do it. We'll see. So that's what's been going on here. Very exciting stuff. Um, a lot of other stuff, though. Obviously, going on over the course of the last few weeks. A lot of sports, but the big news, of course, is still the fucking Rona, and. Uh, Being an apolitical program, I'm not going to say that karma is now the real winner of 2020, but what I am going to say is that this is still a massive pain in everyone's ass, and that everyone should just accept it, realize it, slow down, put your mask on, don't, you know, don't congregate with people that you normally don't congregate with if you can help it. And we'll get through this, hopefully. But Karma, the big champion of 2020. Congratulations, Karma. Nicely done. Um, Sports. A lot of sports. The Celtics, the fucking Celtics. Uh, I, I can't, uh, I cannot figure out how that group... So talented, immensely talented group, could not get their shit together. A lot of people blaming Marcus Smart, and quite frankly, I'm not going to stand for it. I, like most everybody, would wish he would not shoot the ball 20 times a night, but I think that's a fixable issue. I am going to blame the coaching staff for not fixing it during the goddamn series, especially when Gordon Hayward came back. 
Game six, he I'm pretty sure Marcus Smart led the, led the team in uh, field goal attempts. You can't have that. You're not going to win with him shooting that much. It's just not, that's not his game. I want Marcus Smart to average 12 points a night on 8 to 10 shots. A couple of threes, a couple post-up moves on opposing point guards, handful of free throws. That's what I want. I want him to play defense, I want him to get rebounds, and pass the basketball. That's what I want. And that's what he can do. But for whatever reason, he felt it was his place to just chuck up a ton of threes, chuck up a ton of fucking uh, mid-range jumpers that, I don't know, didn't work. But it's a shame. Because, and, and look, no disrespect to the Miami Heat, but that team stinks. Last night, Jimmy Butler goes out and dominates, and they win the game. But it's 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 going to be a gentleman's sweep. I mean, the Lakers are going to win in five. No problem. If they don't, then the Lakers fucking suck. And it makes me even more upset. Because I really think the Celtics could have beat that team. You know? But what can you do? Um, football. Full swing. How about that? Fuck the Cowboys. Good God. Yesterday's performance was... Dreadful. Uh, But of course, the bigger news is Cam Newton getting uh, the Rona. Now, the thing that kills me, right? I haven't heard if he's been tested multiple times since he tested positive. Because it makes me wonder if it's a false positive. I would assume that he's been tested a bunch of times, but nobody else on the team has tested positive, except for him. So either he was fucking dipping his toes where he shouldn't have been dipping them and caught it, and then hopefully it was a, you know, he showed up in his system on a Thursday as opposed to Wednesday or Tuesday, which would allow him, obviously, more time to spread his germs all over the place. But I find it odd, you know, he's... He's in the locker room. He's in the huddle. I mean, you see what happened in Tennessee. That's a goddamn Petri dish down there. But again, it's the South. They took that you know, these things a little bit more lax. And in uh, Tennessee now is, is in trouble. I think their, their number was 18 players and staff. That's a big number. Out of, you know, what, 100... 150-so people within the organization between players and staff. 18. It's a biggie. But obviously the hope is that, you know, it doesn't uh, continue. The NFL's done an okay job. And I think they handled the Tennessee thing pretty well by just kind of moving things around. What they should do right now is just build in an extra week or two you know, I you know a week before the playoffs, and then a week uh, before the Super Bowl, another week before the Super Bowl. That way, you know, if you do have to move things around, you can move things back. It's not like there's other shit going on, and it's not like there will be any other shit going on because there won't be. Um, 
So you may as well make those adjustments. Give yourself some leverage. Not leverage. Give yourself some leeway. Just in case you have to deal with this shit down the road. Well, why the hell not? But, you know, what do I know? I'm I'm just a guy leaning into a microphone that's, you know, placed upon two boxes and a tack board. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, it's really, it's kind of fucking pathetic. The whole thing. This entire program, but I enjoy it. Again, I said that. I bought some merch, and so it was more of a test because I think I'm going to do a giveaway. That's right, giveaways. Um, I'm going to be a fucking... I'm playing golf this weekend. It was basically golf gear. I bought a towel, polo, a hat, and like a little cooler. I'm going to be the fucking full kit wanker on, on Sunday when I'm, when I'm playing golf. I'm going to de- be decked out head to toe and Complaints and observations gear. Looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna do a, gonna do a giveaway. I gotta find something really fucking stupid to give away, but something that will be useful. And then I'll do, uh, you know, the dumb, uh, Instagram shit. And it's funny because faithful listener Brian, that dude tags me in so much like golf giveaway shit. During the course of the week, it's absurd. It's, I mean, look, the stuff that he's tagging me in, it's good stuff. But I mean, it's me and 3,000 other people, but apparently he's won a handful of times, so good for him. But it's, it's just funny. I get a kick out of it, so I think I'm going to do something similar. Give some stuff away. Um, What else? What else was on my list? Oh. Fucking soccer minute. Here it comes. Uh, the Premier League is flat out fucking bananas. Liverpool got thrashed yesterday. A 7-2 loss to Villa. Fucking Aston Villa? What? They scored seven goals against the defending champs. Wild. But even more wild. West Ham. Two clean sheets in a row. Uh... 4-0 last weekend in a win over Wolves. And then uh, Saturday, no, yesterday, I'm sorry, yesterday, 3-0 win against Leicester. Their next three matches are uh, Liverpool, no, Spurs, Manchester City, and Liverpool. I don't see them... Posting a clean sheet in any of those games. However, if we could manage to squeeze two points out of those fucking three games, I'd be thrilled. Let's go. But they look good. They look good. And it's weird. They need help. Today is um, deadline day. Today is the end of uh, the transfer window. For all you uninitiated um, rubes. That shit on soccer for some weird reason. I don't get it. It's a sport. Who the fuck cares? Just say you don't like the sport. You don't have to go into any more detail than that. You're missing out. It's great. Anyway, it should be good. So that's the end of Soccer Minute. Um, but again, I'm, as I said in the beginning of the show, this is a 
I'm mailing this one in. It's mailing in Monday. Uh, I am going to do three gripes. However, I have an interview uh, shortly. So listen to this commercial. This is a new one. Get ready. Oh, get ready. This is a good one. And then we'll come back with, with three gripes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is time for me to move this. One. Bear with me. Yep, there you go. Okay. It is time. As it is Monday. It is time for three gripes. I hope the correct uh, commercial came through. Um, put a lot of effort into that. It's very important. How to dot vote. There you go. Um, three gripes. Gripe number one. Kids in school. So the kids themselves are not the, the gripe, per se, but I guess probably phrase that incorrectly. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, kids in school. So there are three groups that have been royally fucking screwed by this pandemic more than any. One, those that got sick. Two, the ones that are dead. And three, kids under the age of 18. Granted, it's that's, you know, kind of a messed up order. The ones that died probably were affected the most. So, you know, but you get my, you get my point. Their lives have, have been changed in numerous ways. Now, I'm not going to say something silly like, kids will never be the same, rabble, rabble, rabble. But remember when you were that age, you hated going to school, but really it was your entire life. Your entire life revolves around school. The physical going to school, uh, if you're one of the kids that actually liked to learn, um, you know, that, that too, or she's just a social person, but. You know, that was their whole life for however many, what's it, 180 days a year, some shit? I don't know. Um, so you kind of have to look at it as their world has just been completely turned upside down. And now they have to sit at home in front of a, a shitty Chromebook uh, while asking their parents questions about everything that they're attempting to learn and likely getting nothing but grief, annoyance, or just general apathy as an answer. Because it makes me wonder, you know, you have kids, kids are at home, in school at home, and they ask you a question. Now, how many parents would just simply say, I don't know? And then how many would say, I, you know, Try to answer it, stumble, and hope that they don't look fucking weak in front of their kids. Which I would imagine is the more likely scenario. That they stumble through something in an attempt to not look stupid in front of their children. Instead of 
making the effort to try to learn what it is that they're doing and then helping them with, with the problem. And I speak uh, in my ivory tower here as I do not have children. As if you've listened to the program, you're probably well aware. Mainly because I'm doing uh, a podcast in the middle of a uh, pandemic and don't have to you know, pause and help a kid do fucking anything. All right. Now, it's really not fair. But at the same time, it's it's somewhat unavoidable. Uh, kids are little fucking germ factories, and they probably carry the Rona around like a fucking trapper keeper. Yep, that's a very uh, old reference. Some of you will get it, some of you won't. And so fucking what? It's best to keep them at home. I'm not an epidemiologist, but that's my assumption from having listened to some epidemiologists. Aside from that, though, school as a whole is going to change, I would imagine. Even more so than uh, George W. Bush and that cockamamie, no child left behind bullshit. Standardized testing isn't learning. Being able to pass some fucking Scantron shit shouldn't decide whether a kid has learned anything. During their time in school. <clears throat> but when I say school has changed. The uh, the fun shit from my youth. From when I was a kid. Which granted was you know decades ago. Uh, are long gone. I mean they've, been, they've all been sort of. Going over time. But now it's long gone. Days of going to school completely unprepared. And just winging it all day. Gone. Uh, going to school and just fucking off and hanging out with your friends, gone. Snow days, gone. I read something the other day and was blown away. That fucking snow days are gone. I mean, they have to be, right? Kids have gone the last however many months, seven months or so, uh, at home. So what the fuck? Just because it snows, they... they you know, that you're all of a sudden not going to be able to uh, to learn? I don't think so. Snow will no longer have the uh, the cachet that it once did. Granted, it may never snow again because the planet's on fire. But the days of sitting by uh, the television and watching the, uh, the scroll at the bottom of the screen. Screen? Bottom of the screen. Bottom of the screen waiting for your town to come. Uh, those days had already been gone because the internet has changed that and, and, and text messaging has changed that. But those were the fucking days when you'd sit there and wait. The worst was, especially when I was in high school, uh, Bridgewater, Rainham. So obviously B is the second letter of the alphabet. I don't know if you know that. But if you turn on the TV and it's at, it's at C, all right, fuck, now you're going to sit there and wait. And so, you know, the news channels out of Boston or Providence and, you know, you're waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. But, you know, if it was a, if it was an especially snowy day, you're going to wait a while. But gone, snow days. That's fucking wild. It makes sense, though. 
Now kids are fucked, though. They have to deal with... It's going to be constant. So the good thing about no snow days is it's going to be 180 days, or again, however many fucking days it is, and then that's it. It's going to be no, like, fluctuating last day of school. Like You know when the last day of school is, or you should. So that, that probably helps a little bit. But uh, it just... It, my hope is that teachers take like 10 minutes a day to reassure these future felons that all of this is temporary. Like this is not how life is going to be forever. And I think I would imagine that kids need that subtle reminder. They need to be told that this is not what the rest of your life is going to be. Eventually we will get out of this mess, but school as a whole isn't going to be the same. There's just no way. My two cents on on children. My opinion means precisely nothing when it comes to kids. But it is what it is. What can you do? It's my show. And uh, I thought about this and I wanted to talk about it. So there you go. Gripe number two. Uh, Cold medicine is a fucking scam. What exactly... Is this supposed to fix if there's no cure for the common cold? Oh, I know. It's made to break up the congested cash in your pocket in hopes that you fork it over for some fucking pie-in-the-sky bullshit. These things do nothing more than either uh, put you to sleep or offer enough momentary relief that you want to keep shoveling that shit down. I'm, look, I'm guilty as hell. Because I know I want to feel better. So I'm going to try any number of different uh, kinds of things or ways uh, to get there. That's the goal, is to feel better. The thing I've got now, though, what I'm, you, know, you can clearly hear it in my voice. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sinus infection. Because it's just not fucking going away. It's been a fucking over a week. My face still fucking hurts. And are you enjoying the audible sniffles that I'm giving you here? That I've that I've been sharing with you? It's gross. Blame fucking Mucinex. It's done nothing. They make my, my nose run a, a bit more so they can call it congestion relief. Fuck off. I can't get my head around just not being able to go to CVS and buy an antibiotic. Like, I, you know. If if I think I have a sinus infection, I should just be able to go and say, hey, I think I have a sinus infection. I would like some amoxicillin, please. But there's so much less profit in me being able to make my own fucking decision about how I feel and what I would like to put in my, into my body. So now I have to make an appointment with a doctor or, or get up and go to urgent care or clinic, whatever fucking bullshit, get a fucking prescription, then go to the fucking CVS and pick it up. It's lunacy is what it is. But again, it goes back to what the way that we fucking treat healthcare in this country. Like, it's a fucking cash cow. That's all it is. It's not, you know, healthcare isn't there to, to make people better, to make people feel okay. It's there to make money. That is it. It's a joke. 
It really is. Amoxicillin is horribly cheap, yet I have to jump through fucking hoops to get it? It's so fucking dumb. But please, keep up the fucking charade that DayQuil does a goddamn thing. They have massive marketing departments. Because they, they market what is essentially snake oil. I am not in the pharmaceutical business, so I don't really know what sort of uh, regulation there is in place for a company to just put out a cold medicine. Like, what do you have to prove? The proof isn't that this cold medicine is going to cure your cold because it doesn't exist. I mean, what what, do you have to prove? Hey, it's got some uh, obnoxiously long uh, chemical names in it. Uh, It comes in a, a capsule that looks like liquid. Uh, oh, okay, FDA, fucking green stamp, go ahead, off you go. Make sure you get a fancy name, make sure you get a fucking cool little box, make sure you fucking wrap those things up tighter than fucking Fort Knox, so it takes you like an hour to get the fucking pills out. But, yep, don't take more than four of them in 24 hours or you might fucking die. Oh, what the fuck is in this thing? That I can't take six of these in in 24 hours or however many. Whatever, it's 12 bucks a box. And, uh, you know, probably fucking 60% margin for the maker. I would imagine so. That sounds about right, yeah? Fucking garbage. Garbage. I should have made that gripe three. That was a good one. Anyways, gripe number three. Why should anyone care who the fuck is officiating a sporting event? I don't need to know the names of uh, the referees or the umpires. I shouldn't. They should be given numbers, and that's where it should end. And then they change the numbers uh, every game that they officiate. So that you never know who it is. You may have heard this, but I've heard it numerous times. The old line of, quote, no one pays to watch the refs, end quote, 20,000% accurate. Not even 10,000%, 20,000%. That's how accurate that line is. Nobody fucking cares. Why should I care? The only reason that I care is because they fuck up. Lately, I've heard too much about um, Major League Baseball umpire Joe West. Cowboy Joe West. And his quest to umpire the most games in the history of the sport. You know what? Great. Terrific. Bravo, Joe. You managed to stand on your feet. For three to four hours a night. Doing nothing. And being compensated handsomely for it. Congratulations. But you know what? You you know when I should know that? When it actually happens. And then only one time. That should be it. So. before Before or after the game. Joe West has umpired his 5,000th game. Congratulations Joe. Round of applause. That's it. Never want to hear about it again. Never want to fucking know his name again. Never want to hear it again. 
But you know why uh, everybody already knows who the fuck Joe West is? Because he sucks at his fucking job. That's why. Look, it's the easiest fucking shit in the world. Know the rules. Enforce said rules. And when someone gets out of line for ignoring or disagreeing with those rules, tell them to go the fuck home. It's not that hard. In any of these sports. Any of them. It's good exercise. Aside from baseball. because And Joe West is a fine example. He is a morbidly obese man, Joe West. And he's an awful country music star. So I use that term loosely. He has recorded country songs. And he's made a couple of albums under the title Cowboy Joe West. Hey, that guy's so funny, huh? Get your fucking strike zone right, buddy. Give me the same strike zone. Every time out, and we'll be fine. It's not hard. 14-year-olds could do that. Seriously, they could. I was a 14-year-old umpire. And you know what I did? I knew the rules. I enforced them. And if somebody got out of line, I told them to go the fuck home. A little different in Little League because you're dealing with shitty parents. And you end up spending way more time telling them to go the fuck home than you do actually enforcing the rules of the game. Ten-year-olds can't hit for the most part. They can't pitch for the most part. But their fucking parents, they'll tell you all about it all the time as if they know what the fuck they're doing. So you spend more time telling them to leave. As they pick on the fucking short, fat kid standing at second base who just called their, their kid out, who was literally out by a mile... And now I have to go and fucking converse with my 15-year-old compadre behind the plate uh, and say, yeah, we need to throw this guy out. It happened way too many times. There is no reason to know who these people are. And in the NBA, it's even worse because you know what they're going to do. You know... When you, when you get an officiating crew, and the NBA, for whatever reason, likes to fucking put this out uh, the morning of games, the, the assignments. At least they were for the bubble. I don't know how uh, pre-bubble, I'm not sure how they did it. This is the only time I've ever bothered to look. But if I see that Tony Brothers is officiating a Celtics game, I know that the fucking Celtics are going to lose. Because that's just the way it is. Because Tony Brothers, for whatever reason, hates the fucking Celtics. And, and makes makes it a point to make sure that they lose. Keep these people anonymous. Treat them as the faceless arbitrators that they uh, should be. As opposed to some sort of uh, appointed guardian of sport. There is literally no need for me to know who any of these people are. They don't, they haven't done anything on the field or on the ice or, or on the court that, you know, the, their existence should take up space in my brain as a sports fan. Because when they fuck up, what am I going to do? Well, I know who it is. I'm going to complain about it. Serves no purpose whatsoever. Zero. None.
yet we have to know who they are. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anywho, that is it for the triumphant return of Complaints and Observations. This has been a gas, folks, as always. And I apologize. I feel like crap. There's an echo in this room. Um, you know, I, I apologize. Hopefully Thursday's uh, show will be a little bit better. I doubt it, but I hope it is. Uh, I do have some feelers out for some interviews, so hopefully those uh, materialize. We'll see. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Love to have you. Love to have you. you can talk about anything you want. That's how we roll around here, you know? You can get the old Skype or Zoom or whatever going, you know? Oh, it'll be terrible for you. Terrific for everybody else, apparently. But um, if you want to, if you want to uh, have a complaint, give me a call. Leave a voicemail. 617-65-RIPEM. R-I-P-E-M. 617-65-RIPEM. It's a great number, isn't it? You know, the show, share your opinion. Give me something. Give me some content, you know? Let's talk. Well, we won't talk. You'll have to leave a message, but whatever. Um, you can come to the Twitter page at ComplaintsPod. Um, uh, the Instagram at ComplaintsPod. I have uh, a YouTube page I've done nothing with. There's also a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. Um, I have an email, show mail at Complaints and Observations. And website, ComplaintsAndObservations.com. Check it out. Uh, the, uh, the blogs... Some blog posts up there, the uh, the gambling, the best bets, lock of the week. That'll be back on Thursday. Very excited. Very excited for that. Uh, my best bet uh, yesterday was the Houston Texans, and they lost. So I'm not doing well so far here at um, uh, with the best bet. Not going well. But I enjoy it anyway. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Please tell your friends. Hopefully, uh, as season two progresses, it will suck less than season one. That is my stated goal. We'll see how that goes. So, uh, thank you so very much. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>